Welcome to Folklore on the Rocks. <laughs> All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining us here at Folklore on the Rocks. Now, to start off with, I want to start with a special announcement. This is pretty cool. Uh, we are actually part of a Megasode collaboration with the show Blood on the Rocks that came out today. Uh, the overarching theme of the episode is World War One for the anniversary of Armistice Day. But there are actually several different types of podcasts all doing something related to World War One. Now, our contribution is about 15 minutes about the Whale Eater Cryptid, which was cited by the German sub U-28. Now, listening to it is a great way to sample a bunch of podcasts and see if you want to go listen to some of them as well. Now, they're really, really great people, and we've had a fantastic time collaborating with them. Uh, now, we'll play a promo for Blood on the Rocks a little later on this episode. Yeah. What do you think, Linz? Yeah, I think that sounds great. Cool. Now, um, yeah, let's get rolling right with our into show. this. Oh, this yes. is going to be good. Now, what do we got today, Lindsay? Today, we have the Domovoy. Ooh, the Domovoy. Domovoy. Um, we are talking about the Domovoy, which is the small, hairy old man that might live under your stove and originates in Slavic folklore. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. There is. But, but if it's first, folklore on the rocks, first we got to have a drink. Yes, our cocktail of the week. And it is also called the Domovoy. That's convenient. It is. Um, It is made with Zubrowka bison grass vodka. And it is Polish. It's a Polish vodka, specifically. But Poland is Slavic. So there you go. Cool. Um, We also have mojito mix, a squeeze of lime juice, and then it's shaken, poured over ice, and garnished with a sprig of mint. This bison grass vodka is delicious so good um i'm not a big fan of flavored vodkas but this one is very refreshing it feels like you're drinking spring yeah Um, it really does and i know we're a little bit early we're just heading into winter time we're looking at the overcast sky outside and and drinking mountains are just about to get all covered in powdery white and oh Lindsay, i've got a i'm creating my own monster i am oh dear look for our pictures on instagram oh it's gonna be amazing Super bike. We're biking in the snow. <laughs> yeah. Please don't die. Oh, Please. never. No, it's going to take a lot more than that to take me down. <laughs> Just wear protective gear and I'll be fine. Of course. <laughs> I'm excited for your creation, Logan. It will it be shall very be exciting. Amazing. <laughs> it's just riding around my brain right now in a circle. Just little Logan on a bicycle <laughs> going 40 miles an hour oh for my no gosh. reason. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the Zabraka vodka. Mm hmm delicious it's really cool it actually has like a piece of bison grass inside inside of, of it i spot of a bottle what's it's the deal really there cool. just a like a i'm guessing it's probably just keeps it flavored maybe yeah. i don't know it maybe just looks cool i've, like I've those, had tequila with worms yeah that like the tequila had, with the worms <laughs> i've had drinks with pickled cobras in them but i've this never is a little less encountered a piece horrifying of horrifying yeah, okay than those other ones it's it's a piece of grass mm-hmm. <laughs> so um but it's, it's very elegant bottle it tastes delicious it's actually really good even just on its own for sipping which is not a usual thing for a lot of vodka no, yeah, yeah. This is something that I can Typically, take a- it's very tasteless. Yeah. Or, I mean, if you're a vodka connoisseur, I mean, you can kind of tell. But generally, it's not very flavorful mm-hmm. unless you have flavored ones, which are usually a little too much, I think. 
But this this is like the perfect marriage between that. This is very it's nice. Very lightly flavored. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, tastes like spring. And if you haven't told, you can't can't tell. I've had a couple of these. Yes, he has. Yes, <laughs> but that's what makes this folklore on the rocks. Yes, it does. Yeah. I will put the recipe on our show notes, and I'm sure that I'll be posting it on our social media as yeah, well. This, this is a good bit of folklore that it would be a good thing to carry on and spread out there. <laughs> this specifically. The more people who know about the Domovoy as a drink, the better. Exactly. Um, and it is by our, of course, mixologist, Anubis. Yeah. We are really lucky to have oh, this connection. we are. This is a drink that he came up with. A while back, he's actually the one that introduced this to me, this vodka, and um, it's divine. And he created this out of his beautiful mind of mixology, mm-hmm. and it's delicious yeah. because, of course, it is everything. The man he comes knows up. his booze; <laughs> he really does. Um, all right, so now that we've talked about our cocktail. Yeah, let's, we've talked about the Domovoy, the drink, but tell us about the Domovoy, the creature. This. Yes. But first, but first, <laughs> let's talk about what Slavic is. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, you mentioned this yeah. is a Slavic creature. This mm-hmm. is something that is now to me, Slavic. You do the Google search in my brain. It comes out as Slavic is part of Russian and see also mm-hmm. Russian. But that's not really what it means when it comes to folklore and culture. Um, tell us, what does it mean to be a Slav? Let's break it down. Slav is... It indicates uh, an ethnic group of people that are mostly from Eastern Europe and some Central Europe and Asia. I mean, Mm -hmm. Asia, that would be like the Russia aspect, right? And Russia covers a very large portion of Asia. Um, And they're, they're a group of people that share cultural aspects and they speak related languages. Mm -hmm. So the Slavic languages, which all belong to the Indo-European language family. Um, I'm not going to bore you too much with more linguistics, but it is one of my favorite things. So you have to deal with a little bit more. Yeah, you should know by now I'm a little bit of a word nerd myself. So, <laughs> yes. um, so there are more than 20 Slavic languages, mm-hmm. and they're divided into three subgroups, East, West, and South. Mm-hmm. Um, the major languages, so the ones with more than one million speakers, mm-hmm. are East, we've got Russian Belarusian and Ukrainian. In West, we have Polish, Czech, and Slavic. Yeah. And then in the South, we have Slovenian, Serbian, Croatian, Bosnian, Macedonian, and Bulgarian. I worked right. on an excellent Belarusian high diver once upon a time. <laughs> Alex, drinking my my drink to you. <laughs> Alex Yurchik, oh, excellent dear. diver. Nevertheless, a good guy. Good to know, Logan. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> he sounds cool. Um, so if you want more history on these languages, or if you want to do a, a deeper dive into the linguistic differences, I'll include a link on our website that has some really great information. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, Toss show notes. Like we, Our show notes are awesome for our episodes. We have, um, we have some really cool stuff on there. Basically... I try to list as much as I possibly can so that if you're interested in these, you can go to the same sources we used mm-hmm. and learn even more. Yeah, if there's you want only, to dig deeper, we yeah, invite you to do so. There's only so much that we can fit in these episodes, and there is always more. Yeah, we'll leave some breadcrumbs, but feel free to get lost <laughs> in the woods. Yes. 
follow down those research rabbit holes just like I do every time I do do. research. Um, Slavic folklore, it generally refers to the predominantly pagan religion and folktales from that region before Christianity was introduced it was it, it quote, got, unquote. got really cool for a while and then <laughs> so the tales they were they were generally passed down via oral tradition and most weren't even written down in any form until about the ninth or 10th centuries when the pagan religion was slowly and very painfully being assimilated into eastern orthodox christianity i know i know yeah. glad the impaler and i both thought it was bullshit but here we are anyway <laughs> here we are so, folk belief and paganism, they actually never really went away, though. Mm-hmm. And to this day, there's actually even a modern branch of Slavic paganism, which is often referred to as a name that I'm going to slaughter. <laughs> um, it is referred to as Rodnovery or Rodnovery or something along those lines. I asked the subreddit. And they said, it's exactly like it looks. And then I still didn't know. So mm-hmm. it's something like that. But it's it's pretty cool. So it's it's kind of like neo-paganism for, for the Slavic folk religion, right? Many of the folk tales, they've survived to this day as well. And while belief in Slavic folklore may not be as widespread as it once was, most of the creatures that are from these tales are still pretty well known, actually. In fact, belief in spirits that protected the homestead, like the one we'll be talking about today, it was one of the longest lasting holdovers from folk belief. Mm -hmm. So to put it mildly, there are numerous accounts and eyewitnesses regarding the Domofoy. Okay, so it's a pretty common thing. It's something that if you were to ask someone about their domovoy, they might actually have a story for you. Absolutely. Okay. Every household has a domovoy. Cool. And we'll, we'll talk about that more in a sec, but he probably, he's the most closely associated with humans mm-hmm. and so has the most interaction with humans, right? All the other spirits are more wild or outside of human inter- interaction or that kind of thing. So domovoys are who they encountered the most often or were the explanation for things that happened at home, mm-hmm. right? So, the name of the Dombovoy, it means he of the house or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dome means house or home in, I believe, Russian, but I'm sure that the prefix is kind of more the general Slavic languages, Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, uh, dome meaning home is pretty common throughout all of kind of the Latin-based languages as well. Things like domus, domicile, domestic. Yeah, or maybe we just grabbed it from Slavic languages. That also happens. Because English is the weirdest mishmash of languages ever. Like, technically, we're a Germanic language, which is really weird because a a good chunk of our language is Latin-based. Yes. But, which it makes it so difficult to learn. But it's learn. also very rare that you see a letter and don't say a letter here. So that does kind of go back to a more tutorial But we have tradition. the weirdest roles. Oh, I know. But yet no we masculine, do. no feminine, just simply it's, objective. It's a bizarre language. And I feel so bad for anybody that need, that has to learn English as like a second language. Yeah, because it's I, so hard. That's why I stick my studies to Esperanto and Semaphore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. So Domovoy is the Russian 
term for the spirit. The rest of the Slavic countries, they use very similar names, Mm -hmm. and they're all basically for the same creature, right? Um, Like Domovic is from Ukraine, or Damovic is from Belarus. Those are just a couple examples. Mm -hmm. Um, They all kind of have their different names, but it's the same creature, essentially. And it sounds very similar, too, right? Um, So many of the tales and the aspects of the Domovoi, they differ by country and province. So just kind of know that the stuff that we're going to talk about today is relative to the place that it came from. Okay. Right? Um, I'm going to be saying a lot of in some places or in some regions and just know in advance that that it's different countries, it's different provinces. It covers a very, very large area. Yeah. And right. but that maybe ties back to when you said uh, every house has its own double void. They, exactly. they are not an individual creature, kind of like we had with the Groot slang earlier. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, they're a kind of creature. They are. And that means that every family is going to have a different tale about it. Every family is going to have a different way they see their own Domovoi. But weirdly, it's also very similar, too. Kind of has a little bit of consistency. Which, to me, lends more credence to it. Sure. As a creature, right? But it also could be just the benefits of living in these small villages and stuff, and everybody talks about their Domovoi, and things kind of progress that way, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they start small, and they... They get big and they kind of become universal over a very wide region as people travel, that kind of thing. Yeah. So the main source that I've used for today's research is mostly from a book that's about Russian folk belief. So much of what I'm actually going to end up talking about is Russia. But like I said, it bleeds over into a lot of the other countries and provinces too. Yeah. Russia still covers an exceptionally large area, right? And many of the same elements appear in multiple stories. Um, but there are no absolutes in any regard for the Domovoi. And just so that you guys know, this uh, the research that I did is, like I said, it's mostly from a book about Russian folk belief. And that book is by Linda J. Ivanitz. Mm-hmm. And she, um, I believe she's a professor somewhere back east in the U.S., I can't remember exactly where. I'll look it up and I'll stick it in the show notes. But her book is an exceptional resource for anything about Russian cool. folk belief. Um, and the Dombovoy and other household spirits basically have their own chapter in this book, which it was extremely useful to look into. So the Dombovoy is actually never directly called Dombovoy, which is interesting. Really? Yeah. They didn't like to call it by its name call him by his name or call him a Domo boy. Mm-hmm. Um, they most often referred to him in euphemisms like master or he himself, well-wisher, the other half, uh, livestock nourisher, yeah. um, that one, or grandfather, yes. which is actually pretty indicative of the potential origin in the family's ancestry. So, like, he was potentially a former head of household mm-hmm. of that family. And this idea that the Doma boy is an ancestor to the family is actually pretty universal. He's regarded as, like, a benevolent guardian spirit to a particular family. Mm-hmm. And each household has their own, like we talked about. Every okay. household has 
their own dome of way. So it makes sense that the spirit would actually be a past family member who's looking out for his descendant. Sure, yeah. Right? I was actually thinking the same thing, where it's like at the end of a story, you could become a domovoy. Yeah, maybe. definitely. His benevolence was essential to the proper functioning of the homestead and the family unit. And he kind of oversaw all of the domestic activities, ensuring that they were done properly. And if they were not, <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. So... What does the Dombovoy look like? He actually doesn't show up in Slavic folk art very much, but his image is actually pretty universal. He is a small, ancient, wizened, old peasant man. And he has like a long, long gray beard. In some stories, he's exceptionally like very hairy, like almost furry. And he's often wearing a blue shirt and sometimes... She was called Lapti, which were made of bast. And bast is a fiber from tree bark. And the shoes were, they were woven like a basket and they were fitted to the shape of a foot. Mm -hmm. So they were really, really easy to make, but they were not durable in any sense of the word. So they were essentially peasant shoes, right? Cheap to make, not exactly durable but you could just keep making more you know okay and people have actually been making and wearing these shoes since neolithic times which is pretty cool i think um they've they've found rocks that people would shape and weave these shoes around mm -hmm. and they found them from thousands and thousands of years ago yeah which i think is fascinating he essentially looks like a peasant but he's also like the, sm the size of a, a small child, too. Okay. People have said that he also has tiny horns and a tail, or uh, also horse ears. Yeah, well, who doesn't? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> Come on, it's 2018. Don't hate. <laughs> um, but he, that, that I think is, that's kind of came to be more as Christianity started creeping in. Yeah. To... The Slavic regions, that right? Fits, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, something that we consider a demon or a spirit. We're going to slap a pair of horns on him and a tail and... Yeah, the mark of the beast. It, it, yeah, you know, yeah. I never understood it. Here's the deal with the mark of the beast. The horns, the tail, that's a mark of, of just like something that eats plants. Cows have that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Goats have that. Yeah. No predators um, have kind of weird. horns. But, but I think in this aspect, it's more of a demonic thing yeah but i mean like i said we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit <laughs> another cool thing is he is kind of like a shapeshifter oh. which is really interesting so he can he can assume the likeness of the current master of the house or even likenesses of past masters of the house mm -hmm. which i think is cool um he can also assume the likeness of the family cat or dog um often he spends his days as these animals um i don't know what that says for the actual animals mm -hmm. or something i don't know and some of the reports say uh like a snake or a rat as yeah. well so he can shapeshift but his most common form is like a little old man not that he actually wants you to see him he doesn't like being seen and he will actually mete out punishment for those that are overly curious about him. So 
don't look too closely into his existence. He also can become invisible. Honestly, like, invisible is the superpower that I would 100% go for. Like, given choices, I would be all over that because... Invisibility is pretty cool. It's so cool. And it's it's really the the little anthropologist heart in me that would love to be able to go somewhere and observe something and be absorbed in it completely. Like, that's part of the problem with ethnographies. You're always an outsider. Mm-hmm. And people always act differently when someone they don't know is there. Sure. Right? Yeah. You need so to, to be this completely observe without interaction. Exactly. To, to be this completely, like have this impartial view entirely yeah. would be fascinating. That's pretty cool to me. And that's such a nerdy thing to want invisibility for, mm-hmm. but I'm a nerd. So whatever. Yeah. What what superpower would you want? Well, it draw it it bounces around all the time. Usually, by default, it's just like flat out regeneration, where if I can chop off a hand or a limb, and then everything else kind of changes. Now, the problem with that is so you want to be Wolverine. Well, you know, basically, I, 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 I mean, you're I already be Wolverine if given the chance. You're already halfway there. Your name's Logan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it also there's some really good superpowers out there. There's time manipulation. There's portals. Oh, portals mm. are freaking oh, that would sweet. Be cool. Um, I really, really like, I mean, to, to bounce back to the canon of the X-Men, I like what uh, Nightcrawler has of being able to bounce between dimensions and use it for teleportation as well. That seems really useful. And Definitely. yet its own set of flaws. Um, they all do. They all have to, yeah. right? Because any power is going to have its drawbacks. Yeah. And then I also like the raw cosmic power that comes with the Magneto suite of abilities. Mm-hmm. The, the ability to alter magnetism and and move things around with just your mind and 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 it's not just so much your mind and it's not your body it is your will that moves them and that's what I Absolutely. really like about it. Yes. Just don't become evil. Oh, never. Meh, I don't know. I'm a white hat IT guy. <laughs> like I said, he doesn't like being seen. He can become invisible, and he generally, with that, he lets his presence be known through like nocturnal noises like creaks or bangs stuff that we would consider the house kind of settling sure would be uh the domo boy letting you know that he's there basically right he resides within the confines of the farmstead but mostly within the home itself so he he lives somewhere near or under or behind or in the (laughs) stove or the chimney um, or he's under the threshold of the house or in the attic or the cattle shed or the stable, but generally like the, the center of the home, the, the hearth, the fireplace, the stove, they are the places that are central to homes. So it makes a lot of sense that the spirit that's vital to the home is located there. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it is essential to your survival. It is a source as of a life, and also exactly. just the 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 ability to maximize on 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 what makes a family valuable. Mm-hmm. Everyone gathers around. People offer offer up different skills and abilities, and sometimes they share stories. And that's what makes it worthwhile to hang out as a group instead of individuals wandering the wasteland. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and that's, I mean, we know that as hunter-gatherers mm-hmm. started becoming less nomadic and settling down. And this was a big part put, of that. Put down roots and made up 
tales about the unexplainable things that are happening around them or the outside forces that they could plead to to have good fortune, yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, this is obviously further down the line from that, but mm-hmm. it, it's a remnant for sure. And it's it's also a base from where we come from too. I mean, you and I, we both have pre- families we're pretty close to, right? Yeah. And we do our own versions of that, of sitting around and shooting the shit and playing games yeah. or dr- uh, drinking and talking or that kind of thing. You know, um, we all have our own versions of that. And it's, it's, it's very important to cultivating relationships within your family to knowing that you have a safe and loving space, mm-hmm. you know, something that nourishes us as people. Right. And people have needed that since the beginning of time. Yeah. Which is why we're not all completely solo creatures out there. Oh, it's on it, our it's own. hard coded into into our brains. Exactly. We need it. We're yeah. we're social creatures. Yeah. It like I said, it, it's essential that he was part of this central vibe to the home, right? Mm-hmm. He is vital to the prosperity of the home. The hearth is important to the prosperity of the home. So it makes sense that the two are entwined right Mm -hmm. just another note that later on as christianity kind of spread he it was noted that he could live in harmony with religious objects like a cross or incense or holy icons and that kind of thing which to me is interesting because with the spread of christianity a lot of these creatures were were villainized a bit Mm -hmm. um they were already a lot of them were already malevolent or neutral but as you know, the ideas of the of the Christian devil came and kind of spread a little bit. These other creatures were starting to be considered bad, bad spirits, demons, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that he could still live in a household in harmony with these objects yeah. was very indicative of how important he was to daily life and how much they didn't want to let him go as part of something that made their lives good and and lucky and prosperous. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. We are actually going to take a quick break here to play you a promo for Blood on the Rocks, the podcast we talked about at the beginning of the show. It's a podcast that is kind of about the dark things around the world. Like uh, if you're a fan of the, the paranormal or true crime this show might be right up your alley. I know that I'm a huge connoisseur. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge connoisseur of true crime and paranormal podcasts. I, I love listening to them. Yeah, and I, and I said it not minutes ago, but I've been too lazy to Google it. It might be an original quote. The song of life is best played in a minor key. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and and it is. I mean, it's, it's fascinating to it listen is. to these dark, dark things. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, the, I mean, the psychology behind them is so interesting you know you sit and you hear about serial killers and people wonder you know why is this so fascinating to to folks and i really think that it's because it's baffling how some a human can be like this it can be this dark it can be this twisted and so we're a little i mean we're a little removed from it and I don't, I don't typically like the shows that talk about that, that have like the nine one one calls or something that really, really, I guess, humanizes the cases because mm-hmm. they're so sad already most of the time. 
I just want to hear about this thing that sounds like fiction to me yeah. because it's so unbelievable that a person could be like this. And that's what it feels like, I think. And maybe this is just me, but um, that's why I find like true crime fascinating. That's something really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And paranormal is fascinating for similar reasons, you know, unexplained instances and things that are so mysterious mm-hmm. and a little bit creepy. Yeah. I love that. So, so let's check out the promo. Yeah. Let's head right here. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to a promo for Blood on the Rocks, a podcast on all things creepy, morbid, or otherwise dark. I'm your host, Axel Taylor. Join me and various guest hosts as we cover a whole load of subjects. We'll show you the world of serial killers, accidents, hauntings, black metal, and more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and all those other fancy podcast platforms. Our core and funny content may vary. All right, so we are back. That was our promo for Blood on the Rocks. That sounds pretty cool. Which is a fascinating name. Yeah. I like it. When we get done it's so evocative. Today, I'm going to give it a listen. And on the rocks. I mean, yeah, it's a great addition to any name. Uh, so let's get back to the Domovoy. Yes. He is a bit capricious. But generally, a family can tell how happy he is by the prosperity of the home. He's also got favorites in the family. Mm -hmm. So he'll bestow good fortune on them. But if he doesn't like you, you're going to end up having like tricks played on you or have small misfortunes or troubles. Sure. That kind of thing. So it's it's vital to your own well-being to keep him happy, right? And when he's happy, he brings good fortune to the home. He'll also do things like help complete chores. Um, For example, he'll help with the field work or he'll feed the animals or he'll tidy up the home and clear out the unfinished work. He typically does this at night while the family is sleeping. And the families take very special care to not sleep in his path. So that'd be like by the stove or around the center of the floor. They they just don't want to hamper any of his movement, right? Because he's, I mean, he's helping them. So why would you? So I'm, I'm imagining cases of things like the jealous sibling who doesn't really doesn't like someone who's really close to them in age, and they would say, um, "We've all had that." Yeah, let's be real. Yeah, they, and they maybe. Well, I guess unless you're an only child. <laughs> yeah. So, so if they wanted the dome of wine on their side over their siblings, the per, the person who gets all the blessings and all of the attention. Then the folklore would say, then do your best to get on the Domovoy's good side. Because it doesn't matter Generally, what the yeah. people think. If because, you get the spirit on your mm-hmm. side, okay. Yeah, like if he likes you, then things are going to go well for you. Mm-hmm. And if not, maybe not so much. Um, he's also extremely useful for warning of impending problems or for defending the home yeah. against like evil spirits or human intruders even. You don't want to mess with him, basically. The family wants to keep him as placated as they possibly can because he is essential to how well their lives will keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a harsh life, right? So you want as much goodwill as you can get. Yeah. They, they'll they attempt to gain his favor or even just stay in his good graces by leaving out offerings for him, like a portion of their supper or porridge, tobacco, incense, juniper, bread, and salt. 
um, people actually even kept horses or cats of his favorite colors. Mm-hmm. And like in order to keep him happy. Oh, the Domovoy likes spotted cats. So that's the only kind of cat. Something like that. Okay. Or he likes black ones or he likes uh, tabbies or something. Sure. Yeah. And um, they, the way that they would find this kind of stuff out is uh, like, like for a horse color, for example, the horse wouldn't be doing well if it's not his favorite color. It would start getting malnourished and hmm. stuff like that. Like it just, the horse wouldn't judging a w- horse it wouldn't by thrive. its color. Exactly. A bit superficial, aren't we? Domo I boy? guess, <laughs> but it wouldn't thrive. And maybe, maybe it's not a color thing. Maybe it's like a quality of horse or the breed or I don't know, but they considered it like color wise. Right. So they would sell that horse and they would go get a horse of the Domo voice favorite color. And that horse would prosper, which just kind of snowballed, the reasoning that, oh, it's because it's the Domo voice favorite color. Yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, who wouldn't want to keep him happy? I hear you. <laughs> and, and some places even did stuff like uh, they wouldn't whistle as that could potentially frighten him and drive him away from the home. Oh, you don't want that. <laughs> Plus whistling is annoying most of the time. Like oh, if what? you're really good at it. Uh, all you whistlers maybe. out there, don't you listen to Lindsay. <laughs> Whistling is a beautiful form You're of expression. You're a whistler, aren't you, Logan? I could whistle before I could speak. Oh, dear. I, I cannot whistle to save my life, so yeah. maybe that's part of it. I don't know. <laughs> I had a canary cage above my crib when I was born 550 years ago. <laughs> of course. <Yeah. laughs> um, so uh, another thing was they, other places would be really careful to avoid swearing or loud noises mm-hmm. around uh, around noon or so. When he was in his deepest sleep, because they didn't want to wake him up and anger him with that, right? I know that noon nap. That, that's a that's a good nap to take. I wish I knew that noon nap, especially with a, with a with a good solid hangover. I hear you, Doma boy. We'll keep it down for you, buddy. We feel you. We feel you. Yeah. Um, okay, so he he loves fire and warmth. He loves it, but if he is offended. Mm-hmm. He may punish the family by burning the house down. What? <laughs> so wow. another great reason for not offending the dumb. I feel boy. like anybody who gets their house burned down, they know why it happened. <laughs> they know what they did. Yeah, it was the dumb boy. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. Okay. So don't offend him. And here's some of the things that angered him and offended him. Uh, sloppy management of okay. the household, yeah. abusive language. Or neglect of him. Okay, so he's like the HR department of the house. <laughs> sure. Sure, yeah. Okay. When, when, things go, exactly. when things go too sideways, he comes in there and regulates. Yes. Okay. A few less drastic things that he does, other than like burning your house down, um, when he's angry are bang pots, he tangles needlework, he'll spread manure on the door, um, he'll turn everything upside down in the yard. Uh, or, and he'll make the walls creak. Mm-hmm. So he's he's kind of got a lot of aspects of like a poltergeist. A little of. bit. That's what he. That's what he feels the most mm-hmm. like. Which he's, is more German. He is right? a house but, spirit. He's not necessarily male- malevolent, but definitely a trickster and mm-hmm. someone that you can only trust if you yeah. feel like you've earned his favor. Right. Um, the th- nice thing about it is that with poltergeists, you generally can't reason with them. Yeah. Right. And with this, you, you do specific things and you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally, at least. Um, but he's even more like a poltergeist in that he sometimes directed his anger towards one particular family member. 
that offended him. Um, so you can kind of see why they tried to stay on his good side. Yeah, the annoying visiting cousin or something like that. Well, no, like uh, with poltergeist, it's interesting, at least from what I'm remembering, um, they typically latch onto one particular person in the family. Yeah. Uh, typically, someone that's going through puberty. Oh, that's a rough time. Okay, it's a rough time. But I mean, the fluctuating levels and stuff maybe have something to do with that. Sure. Because hormones are all over the place. But also it's the becoming of one thing to exactly. another. Mm-hmm. They're in that, this transitional stage. And yeah. maybe that makes them more susceptible to a spirit's actions or something like that. But but it's been a very common theme among poltergeist stories that it's mm-hmm. one family member that's getting the brunt of this, that's getting this abuse. And they're generally like 12 or 13-ish years old. Gotcha. Which, which is pretty interesting, I think. Yeah. They want to stay on his good side, right? The the Domovoy also disliked mirrors mm-hmm. and goats. Goats? Not a fan of goats. What's wrong with goats? I don't know. Goats? I mean, go- they're a little frightening. I've had some fun. Unless they're tiny little ones that are just so both, cute. Both alive and, and cooked. Uh, go- goats <laughs> and I, we are... <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> we connect on a lot of levels. <laughs> no, baby goats are cute. Baby goats are I don't are know about adult cute. goats. Yeah, adult goats. I haven't dealt with them a whole lot, but I have eaten I do, plenty of them. I do love goats. Uh, goats cheese. Goat cheese is awesome. You know what's really good? What? We're totally tangenting here, but um, there's two things that are really great. So you you know those uh, those little brownie bites? You Roller coasters and yeah. No, no. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I thought you were asking me what are two good things. Okay, okay go on. Well, I mean, we can go there, but yeah. No, no. <laughs> Roller coasters are great. And at some point, we have to get back to the dome before. <laughs> so, so you know those little brownie bites from like Costco. So they're these little bite-sized brownies, and you can put goat cheese on top of them, and they are divine. Damn, because it's that sweet, salty thing. Yeah, it's so good. Another another one I had was um, one of our friends. Uh, her sister brought some cookies to a party one time. Mm-hmm. They were rosemary shortbread cookies. And then we put goat's cheese on top of those. And it was, it blew my mind. They're so good. Just hearing about them is blowing my mind. Delicious. All right. So I'm fine with goats because their cheese is delicious. Goats and I. And their babies are cute. I'm totally cool with goats on every level. What are their babies called? Kids? Kids. Kids? Yeah, Yeah. kids. And I learned from someone who owns goats, they like to climb on the highest thing. So whatever it is in their pen, they'll just climb up there and keep an eye out there. That's one will just kind of if you put an abandoned car out there in the goat pen, the goats will climb on there. That's why you see all the goats up in trees and everything. They are Makes a sense. they're a lookout animal. Fun thing about them also those square pupils, weird things for sure. Yeah, I think that's why they're associated with like demonic stuff so often is because they're they're weird looking eyes. Oh, they're, they're creepy. Everything's got weird looking eyes. I mean, hold yeah. up to the human standards. Have you ever seen a seagull's eyes? Oh man. no, and I never want horizontal to. phobia, ultraviolet perception. Yeah, there's some weird stuff out yeah. there. And there are official state bird, and they are. A nuisance. <laughs> yeah. So, friendly reminder: the way that we see things is not the way everything else sees things. Yeah, I mean, we've got it, it's fascinating. Oh, God, that, that's an entirely different tangent that we are not going to. Ah, yes, but yes, so, things have cool eyes. Things have cool eyes. Goats are Except cool. For goats, Back they're the, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so unless the, you're Logan and you think they're cool. Yeah. So, but but the Doma Boy doesn't really care for goats. Does not care for goats. Okay. So, some people they would place uh, the head or the skull of a goat underneath the threshold of the home mm-hmm. when the Domovoy was kind of getting out of hand a bit. 
Other reports say that that peasants hung a bear's head or like a dead hawk or magpie in the stable or the cattle shed so he would leave the livestock alone. Kind of not okay with any of that. Makes me sad. But at the same time, it's a different world. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I I get it. I do. But But just looking at it objectively from a biogeography angle, please, (laughs) folks, if you got to kill something, don't kill an apex predator. You know, don't. Please don't. There's only so many Leave of the them. hawks alone. Yeah. Leave the magpies it. are fine. The bears, I promise. Leave the bears alone. If you leave the bear alone, it will do its thing. Well, and I feel like the goat makes more sense. Oh, the goats will be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they are livestock that you would raise, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, a bear, you got to go out and find and kill a giant bear that could kill you. That would much rather be left alone. Yeah, and you have weapons from like Mm -hmm. centuries ago, right? Your weaponry is not going to be great. It's going to be tough to kill that bear. But let's put ourselves in the the mindset of someone who's beset by an upset domovoy. Right. And okay, fine. If if the hawk's got to go, the hawk's got to go. But nevertheless... Go for the magpie. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can avoid damaging or injuring Just or killing kill, a hawk. Don't kill any animal. A bear, a lion, anything that eats anything else. You have zero excuse for it now. Yeah. It is. Anyway. Find a better plan. <laughs> yes. Please do. Um, anyway, so they would do things like that to kind of get him to leave the livestock alone or to just kind of get him to settle down. Yeah. Right. He would also sometimes choke or nearly choke sleeping people. But this is less like anger and malice, and it's more attributed to playfulness or actually trying to communicate with the family to warn them of something. See, and I wonder if that calls back to sleep paralysis. Well, that's that's what we're getting into. This this sounds utterly terrifying to me. Yeah, right? yeah. But I really think that it could be something more like like sleep paralysis, or maybe even more likely. Uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, totally yeah. likely. Yeah, we just talked about how the hearth is pumping out all kinds yeah. of and nice you, warming glow in the house yeah. in a nice enclosed area. And if you have don't have proper ventilation, that carbon monoxide is going to pile, 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 pile up. Yeah. Right? And it's very dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. you could easily die in your sleep from carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, for sure. I've done it several times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Died in your sleep. Yep. <laughs> Weird, you look just fine to me. <laughs> Thank you. I've been working out. <laughs> so so that's, I mean, that's exceptionally dangerous. And that was something that really happens quite often. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you've, you've got a, maybe you have a chimney, maybe it gets clogged up, right? By a bird's nest. And suddenly all of that carbon monoxide is coming right at you instead of out. Yes. Or, um... So, you know, heart attacks in your sleep. Something that happened to you in your sleep, like you could yeah. die or suffocate. That's why or I wake up terrified, like with sleep paralysis. Yeah. So that was the domovoy that was trying to tell you something. Or an ex- quote-unquote explanation for those kinds mm-hmm. of things, right? Um, so another major service that he actually provided for families was to kind of function as an oracle. Um, he foretold future happiness or disaster through sounds or actions. So a soft or warm or furry touch at night signaled good fortune. And then like a cold or clammy or prickly touch signaled misfortune or death. Mm. Um, Moans or shrieks or clangs were were all bad omens. And dancing and singing and joking were good ones. Strumming on a comb indicated a wedding that would be happening in the family. 
Uh, he foretold death by, like I said, a touch cold at night or extinguishing a candle or even simply by becoming visible. Like you yeah. see him and things aren't going to turn out so well for you in the near future. So the Domovoy, among other household spirits, is actually, like we talked about, an effective explanation for fires and for death, for bad luck or crops or animal sickness. And that's honestly part of what I find so interesting about folklore is that it's used to explain everything. And it, it really reveals what life was like for these people to be able to do something about preventing bad things or stopping bad things from happening in such a harsh and unpredictable life would be something that peasants would absolutely wish for, like a modicum of control over things like crops failing or someone becoming ill in their home, you know? And it's all about, there is a certain magic in the home. We have not only the, as we discussed, the family, the idea of people coming together, but also just the magic of people moving many as one. So that's something that Domovoy can really help with. He's something to keep on, on his good side. Like I said, the thing I love about it the most is the insight yeah. into these lives that you mm -hmm. get from this. And, and it's very convenient to have a creature that explains away all of the things that happen in life. Yeah, we discussed it earlier um, that being a, a someone from you know a Slavic culture is very different especially in the paganism times before Christianity. Um, it was a very different lifestyle. Very different. And, and it came and, with a lot of challenges and a lot of danger. Mm -hmm. Very risky, very hard. And when, when looking over these folk, folk, folk tales, it's important to put ourselves in the, the mindset of survival with those so dear to me that I couldn't bear to move on without them. And that's something that, that breeds great stories, really something with a lot of risk and a lot of reward. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I really like some of the stories that you've, you've found for this, Lindsay. That's really cool. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. And it, like I said, gives us insight, um, which, which is why we're doing this, right? Mm -hmm. Like it gives us the context of how this creature became this creature and also lets us know more about the lives of these people, yeah. right? So let's kind of move on into how to see him. Let's indeed. Right? So since he doesn't like to be seen, mm -hmm. there are a couple of different ways to get a glimpse of him. And honestly, they're both pretty indicative of Christian influence. Mm. So Yeah, most things are. <laughs> they are. And just just as a side note, Logan and I don't have a problem with religion, with organized religion. None at all. What, <laughs> however you choose to make sense of the world is up to you. Absolutely. I think that religion is extremely useful in some ways. And it, and it is convenient to have it all written down in one place mm -hmm. and to not really discover it except for, is it this or is it not? Right. And it, and it gives you structure in your life. Mm -hmm. It gives you a community. And it gives you a way to get through hard times. And I think that all of those things are extremely valuable things. Mm -hmm. um, some people find them in other activities. Some people find it in organized religion. Um, some people used it in folk religion like this, where they would use these stories of spirits to explain things of everyday life, right? Um, to have that control. And that's uh, that's a fascinating thing for me. But I also 
have a hard time when another religion comes in and kind of usurps Yeah, I, I never like it when something gets erased mm-hmm. from history. But I do want to note that it's more a problem with the people that do things in the name of religion that I have than the religion itself, per se. Sure, yeah. The, the orga- I just want to be clear on the that. The organization <laughs> of most organized religions, especially, I mean, we got to deal with the elephant in the room, Christianity as a whole, mm-hmm. and all of its different flavors. Um, it does breed patriarchy. And what I love yes. about 2018 is we are starting to question patriarchy. That Absolutely. One idea should not be above another that one sex or gender or or just affiliation or orientation should be above another yeah equality should be what we're striving for in every aspect and rise on your own merits Mm -hmm. make your point and let others agree with you but then that that's just how things evolve that's how you know we we've gotten to a point in our world and our lives that we can start to think about those things. It's taken us a long time to get here. It has. And, it has and, and we've gone through a lot of phases. Uh, by the way, when I say we, I mean humanity as a right. whole. Well, I mean, even just from this, you can see that, right? We're going from folk religion to really organized Christian religion. Mm-hmm. And now we're moving on maybe a little bit more towards person-centered, person-focused movement towards maybe spirituality, but more individually Based. Oh, I carry with me my own pantheon collected from different, you know, and I think that's fantastic. I study them, I make my deals, and I carry them with me. Actually, one of one of our favorite book series, you and I, um, is the Iron Druid. Iron Druid. Iron Druid, and that's uh, by Kevin Hearn, and it's an, uh, an urban fantasy series. But the coolest thing about these books, I think at least, and he honestly encompasses basically all of my favorite things, like linguistics and gods and dogs and um just uh, druids really cool really cool things anyway one of my favorite things about these books is how he treats religion around the world um essentially what you believe will happen when you die is what's going to happen when you die so if you believe that death is going to come for you on a pale horse he's going to come for you on a pale horse if you believe that you're going to be taken to valhalla you're going to go to Valhalla, all of that. And he does a really good job of talking about that. And I, this perspective of nothing is exactly true or right because they all are. Mm-hmm. It's all based on you as a person is really, really interesting to me. And that aspect of those books is a very unique one, I think. And I just really appreciate it, honestly. Like it's it's such a cool perspective. Yeah, and it's a really good series. It's it's not so much about religion; it's about characters. No, it's absolutely about characters. Yeah, and he does a really good job about talking about all the different pantheons and stuff. Like each of the books kind of deals with a different um, handful of type of characters. Like the first book is all Celtic gods. Um, I think the second is. Uh, Polish. Um, and I think that the the third is it actually deals with Coyote a lot. Yeah. And he becomes that's as far as I got in the series. Yeah. I mean, really need to get back oh, and Dude, pick you it totally up. do. Thor it becomes a main character in that because he goes to the Norse pantheon as well, which I think you'd like that one a lot. Because yes, we know Thor how much my buddy. Yes. <laughs> go away actually, Thor is an asshole in these books. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
but it's fascinating. Like he does a great job with the Norse, the Norse mythology. Like he does his research and his writing is stellar. So it's probably my, one of my favorite series of books ever. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Anyway, total tangent, but you should read them. I think that just stemmed from our talk about religion yes, <laughs> in general, and, and right? Religion and how the, all the pantheons can kind of mix and mash together. And really, um, that's something that has plagued a lot of different cultures that have tried to react to suddenly Christianity and what yes. you have doesn't work anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, Christianity was a really big shock to a lot of things because it was forcefully thrust upon these people yeah. all across the world, right? And, uh, I mean, secondly, they have their, their own religions already. So, a lot of it is the assimilation like we see with, with Slavic countries. Yeah, yeah. The idea of, okay, all of your culture is now this. Yeah. Here like, you figure go. out a way to make this yours, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's the old Eddie Izzard thing of, okay, we got these Greek gods. All right, we'll just rename them with Roman names. And now, <laughs> here you go. Here's your box of gods. Yeah, and, and so, enjoy. exactly. And so, that's happened many, many times over many, many countries mm-hmm. in multiple ways. So it's not just Christianity, but Christianity did this to a large extent, right? They really did. And that that's how it spread so far and so wide. But the things that some people did with Christianity weren't the best things that they Agreed. could have done yeah. with it. Um, that's as far as we'll go with that regard. Yeah, because we know it's changed a lot of people's lives for the yeah. better. And, we and know many that, people here are Christian still. Sure. And they're welcome. Uh, yeah. it, I mean, my it, family is. We don't mean to alienate anybody. It's, it's, it's about ex- exploration. Mm-hmm. But you have to come at it with an open mind. Yeah. So if, and people did bad shit. Like, yeah. they just did. People of all religions have done bad shit. Sure. So, that is what it is. Cool. Let's move on from that. Let's please. <laughs> so, at, I think we were talking about... Um, the different ways to see the demo boy and how yeah, yeah you mentioned that he yeah. doesn't like to be seen yes. so tell us about that and Let's... we kind of launched into that because they're indicative of christian influence like yeah. i was saying so in some areas he can be viewed by looking through a harrow or a horse collar mm-hmm. with with straps um it was thought that this method would protect the person looking at him because the implements they they formed uh the pattern of a holy cross basically okay so, sometimes Holy Week and Easter were specified as the best times for viewing the spirit. All right, yeah. So, so uh, j- just this idea of you can you can see his influence, but not necessarily him. Exactly. Yeah, that, that reigns very. Christian. But you're really not supposed to. Yeah. But I mean, we're curious by nature mm-hmm. as humans, so of course we want to find out if something is true or not. Indeed. But sometimes it's not the best idea to find out if something is true. Um, and sometimes we come up with exceptionally elaborate ways of seeing a creature like this to make it as absolutely difficult as possible. Mm-hmm. So here's an example of that. <laughs> um, it's, like I said, very elaborate. So in order to view the Domovoi in church on Easter, one had to dress in new clothing and footwear and smear one's head with butter from seven cows milked for the first time. Seven cows? Then, I don't, I don't know, like, seven cows milked for the first time that year or first time ever. Seven of them. That's a lot of cows I it's got around. It's an excessive up, amount. Just to please a dome of And then you have to make butter, and then you have to wear the butter and new clothes and be in church uh, well, on Easter. Really? Okay. And then... <laughs> He, he could be seen by turning around during the liturgy 
but the viewer would be ill for six weeks after. So you got to know what you're getting into before so, you jump yeah. on this train. Okay. I'm not sure that this is worth it when he's helping you out. And honestly, you might even piss him off because he doesn't want to be seen. If you do it wrong, it's almost worth not doing it at all. Yeah, and you're yeah. going to be sick for six weeks after. Who six has the- weeks! Nobody has time for that Can't stuff. Can't I just leave milk and cookies out for the motherfucker? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, I mean, and that's probably why it's so elaborate, yeah, right? Okay. They want to discourage you from trying to do this. Don't get on his bad side. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Okay, so our next section with the Domovoi is how to move, right? So, the, ho- the he's, he's a home spirit. He yeah. lives in your home. What happens when you need to move? So, when families move their home, they take their Domovoi with them. Right, mm-hmm. because he belongs with the family. He doesn't belong to the home, per se. Um, they, they need to actually transfer him to their new home, but he can't, he can't leave the old home without a special invitation. Yeah. Right? Um, he has to specifically be invited to come with you. So if he, and if he remained at the old home, he would actually end up being hostile towards the new owners and their domovoi and bad things would actually begin to happen to the family that left him behind. Ooh. Right. I mean, you're, he's your source of good fortune. You don't want to leave him behind. Right. For sure. Take that guy with you. Yeah. yeah things take, are not going to go great. First, take everything else after. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so commonly there was actually like a formulaic invitation. And what it said in the book was domovoi, domovoi, don't stay here, but come with our family. Okay. Right. Works for me. And it was accompanied by an offering. So one of the things we talked about earlier, like bread or salt or tobacco or porridge or that kind of thing. Um, uh, other accounts state that before any household items were ever moved, the head of the family with an icon in one hand, bread and salt in the other. I assume icon is religious. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they mean by that. But mm-hmm. um, he... Uh, yeah, here it is. He crossed himself, so I'm sure it was religious. Mm-hmm. And he officially invited the Dumbavoy to accompany the family. There's also a record of the transfer occurring by moving a brand from the fire to kindle the new home's fireplace, which makes a lot of sense to me. Is also one where he is transferred at the same time that the coals from the hearth are transferred to the new home. Because mm-hmm. why would you leave those? There, you know, you might as well start your new fire with something. Um, And I also remember reading something about like transporting him in an old an an old boot or something. But Uh, yeah, I can't. I couldn't really find a good reliable source for that. So that's a maybe. Oh yeah, but I I can buy into boots because they are they travel. Yeah, yeah, they're the vehicle by which we travel to new places. Exactly. They carry us far and away and home again. Um, A good set of shoes in many ways, is all you need. Especially at that time when all you're doing is hard work all day long in the fields. You know, you need a good pair of boots. Sure. Um, So another thing is, like, that's essentially how you move him. You do do something to invite him to come with you. Yeah. And if you don't do that, things aren't going to turn out great for you, basically. Um, Another thing is, like, if if the family would be going on a trip for a long time and kind of... If they were leaving the home unoccupied for a while, Mm -hmm. once they packed everything that they were going to take on their trip, they would sit in silence for a few moments and they would do that out of of respect for the Domovoy 
um, like a like a temporary goodbye to him. Yeah. Let him know we we are thinking about you. We're leaving, but we're gonna come back. And then they'd leave on their trip, and everything would be fine when they came back. I mean, you don't want to leave him and have him burn your house down, right? Exactly. Not a great plan. Yeah, yeah. Santa's good side for sure. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we are actually going to take another quick break to play a promo. All right. Um, for another podcast, and this one is actually uh, they are also part of the Megasode collaboration that we did. Uh, she has a segment on that show as well, and her show is called Ignorance Was Bliss. Oh, cool. So it's kind of a show about crime and psychology. It's a show where you might find out more than you bargained for. Man, I bet that Megasode is going to be super awesome. It's got oh, some good stuff It really stuff is. It. I've seen a list of all the different topics that people are going to do, and they are very cool. It's like being on a list for a talent show, and I hope ours is up to snuff. <laughs> I'm going to have to give it a listen. Hey, ours is great. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> um, no, but so she's, she's in that, and uh, I've listened to her show, and it's fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. she knows her stuff. She actually publishes quite often. Um, like a few times yeah, so a it, week, I think. It, and if, they're if, long episodes. Yeah. If our weekly schedule is not often enough for you, then maybe add this to your yeah, list definitely. Of, of listening. I mean, our feelings will not be hurt if you add another <laughs> subscription. Well, that's one of the best things about podcasts, honestly, is that it's never just one, right? You consume yeah. them and then you're always wanting additional ones. Well, what I've found in my own experience, if you like one, you'll go explore another. And the, that's one of the coolest things about podcast like i was saying yeah. uh, you're always going to want more stuff and that's kind of why we're trying to bring you promos from other shows that you might potentially be interested in sure too i mean the podcast community is exceptionally supportive of each other and we've really appreciated all of the support we've gotten and we want to kind of give back for mm-hmm. that as well plus these shows are just fantastic yeah so we highly recommend listening to them once again the show's called ignorance was bliss and here's the problem that's horrible that's true so strange usually i can't imagine what that's like do you want to that could never happen to me it might Lock him away. He's pure evil. Or insane. Or human. My name's Kate. I have worked as a forensic psychologist, as well as in prisons and as a crisis clinician. My job was to figure out who gets locked up and who gets a key. To find the humanity in inhumane situations. So, are you sure you really want to know? Yeah. Maybe. Because by the end of the episodes, you just might end up thinking... I felt better before I knew that. You can find me at IWB Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, sometimes Instagram. Or you can email me at IWBpodcast at gmail.com. All right, we are back. That was pretty cool. Yes. Um, so give that a listen. Yeah, yeah. We highly recommend it. If you've it. got some time, give it a listen. We were just talking about podcasts and the nature of, of, of how much media is out there. Find your groove. Uh, yes. if, if we're part of it, awesome. We're honored. We're going to try to live up to that. Well, and another cool thing is that 
your in- like my interests are, are exceptionally varied, and I know yours are too. Way all probably more than mine, yeah. honestly. Um, and podcasts, like there is something about everything out there, and there is just more and more that's coming out. Yeah. That's great. So you, every niche that you could possibly think of is probably being produced. And if it's not, hey, make one yourself. It's a lot of work. It, 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 it is a lot, lot of work, work. <laughs> but it's worth it. You know, oh, I mean, we get to produce sure. super cool content like this. Sometimes people listen to us even. You get to say out <laughs> in the real world, uh, yeah, well, by, by the way, I host a podcast about monsters. What do you think about that? <laughs> you know. So go out, listen to stuff that's interesting to you keep exploring and you're gonna you're gonna go down those those rabbit holes that we've gone down and find more and more amazing content like Mm -hmm. there's people are making some stellar stuff out there all right let's get back to the domovoy actually we're not getting back to the domovoy but we are getting back to his wife oh there's a wife potentially So he may or may not have a wife, and it depends on the area that the tales are from. Okay, so by default, when you say a folklore character, something that is fictional, has a wife, by by default, I go to Mrs. Claus. <laughs> I mean, it'd be kind of like that if in some areas Mrs. Claus didn't exist. Okay, okay. So tell us, tell us how it's different or the same or using Mrs. Claus as a framework of kind of the same, kind of different. <laughs> Um, does most of the support work, but not actually the I'll runs like, out to go do the things. Let me tell you about her, and then you can you can tell me what you think. About okay. okay. All right. So there are many conflicting reports about the existence of the Domovoy's wife. Oh, yeah? Um, most peasants thought that the Domovoy lived alone without a family, but some said that he had a wife, which uh, was uh, she was called the Domeka. A couple other terms for her are... The Domovichka, the Domovika, mm-hmm. depends on where, obviously. Or in some other regions, she was known as the Kikimora or the Shishimora. Oh, I really hope there's a Russian drag queen with that name somewhere. <laughs> I, I'm sure that there is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right, sure. Um, but generally, the Kikimora slash Shishimora, she was even known as her own spirit existing separately from the Domovoy entirely. Mm-hmm. But somehow she kind of got mashed into his wife as well because she's a do- she's like a household domestic spirit too. Okay. So it all kind of just mushes together a little bit. She lived under the floorboards and she came out at night to spin. Okay. So under the floorboards, you think at first, that, that sounds a little scary to me. A little bit. But I mean, she comes out to spin... Kind of like a Western Rumpelstiltskin. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Too bad it's not to gold. Well. Yeah, I can't have everything. <laughs> um, so she she appears as an old peasant woman. Um, so that matches with our old peasant man of the Domovoy, right? Um, and she's dressed in traditional garb, but she doesn't have a headdress on. So she's got long flowing hair. Another aspect of the Kikimura or the Domica whichever you're talking about. Yeah. Um, she has chicken's legs. Chicken's legs. Chicken's legs. Yeah. Which is, which is very a, a Baba Yaga thing. Baba yeah. Yaga's house is on chicken legs. Yeah, we'll, we'll admit that that's where that comes back in. <laughs> so here we go. So she, oh. she, lives in, she lives in the cellar, right? Okay. Um, or under the floorboards, basically, which is what the cellar is. And she does domestic chores when the family goes to bed, 
like spinning, like we talked about, needlework, and looking after the chickens in the yard. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm, that's the comparison I'm drawing there. Chickens, taking care of them was like women's work. So sure. it makes a lot of sense that she's got this aspect of, of chicken legs or Baba Yaga's house has chicken legs on it because it's like her lackey basically. Sure. Right? Plus yeah. it's a house with legs and it can go wherever she wants to That's go. That's way better than most houses. She also flies around in a mortar and pestle. So none of this really makes a ton of sense. I could do that, but I don't want to. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm building one right now. <laughs> that I would not be surprised by. <laughs> If the home's housewife was clean and neat, this is what kept the Domeka or Kikamora happy. Um, she would she would help the housewife with things that needed to get done. But if the housewife was lazy or untidy, uh, she would break or she would hide things. And she would turn food sour or tickle the kids at night when they're asleep in bed. Which yeah. we all know you never want your kids to wake up at night. Sure. Right. So the best way to appease her and get this kind of stuff to stop would be to make a brew of ferns. Okay. And then scrub all of the utensils with it because that makes perfect sense. Hey, whatever works. Yes. Like the domovoy, she kind of serves as a domestic spirit. Sure. That was kind of an oracle like he, like he also does. Mm-hmm. Um, usually of disaster with her. Really? So, so uh, if someone saw her spinning on the bench in the entrance of the home or on the porch, they would soon die. All right. So don't want to see that. So maybe that's that's a that's kind of a, a little bit of a warning against leaving that that spinning wheel unstationed. Something like that. If yeah. you're gonna leave your chores alone, bad things will happen. Put your stuff away. Fine. If you're if you're not gonna do it, <laughs> she will. But but yeah. you got to pay the price. No, she, I mean, just just a death omen. It yeah, can, and it makes sense that she's doing what she does. She's just doing it, and you can see her do it, and that's the indication that something is not going to go well for you. Yeah, right. Um, but towards the end of the 1800s, she was she was losing all of her distinctive traits and kind of merging more with the domovoy solo. Right. Okay. There was also actually mention of children too. Of the Domovoy and the Domica or the Kikimura. And supposedly they could be, if they could be heard crying, it was thought that if you threw a rag over the place that the cries were coming from, which were generally like under the floorboards like where she there lived. Or under there, yeah. Okay. So if you threw a rag over that place, she wouldn't be able to find her, her child and she would answer any questions in order to secure its return. Oh, that's useful. I find this a little horrific. <laughs> Kind of, kind of tempting fate a little bit. Yeah. Um, because like, the happiness of these spirits is supposed to keep you healthy and prosperous, right? And you're hiding their children from them, mm-hmm. and like basically holding them hostage to get questions answered. And really, what 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 questions not, do you have? Yeah, that like need to what be are you going to ask so badly? Right? Am I going to die? Well, did you see her? No, you didn't. You're probably not going to die. Yeah. Right. Like, there's there's other things that indicate fortune telling from them right so it it feels weird to me that there's something that you would have to know but i could also see um as optimus prime said knowledge is power (laughs) i'm pretty sure many other people have said that or as duke and gi joe said 
And knowing is half the oh battle. Oh my god, we're going back to Logan's childhood in oh, the cartoons. Oh no, we'll just we'll box that up. Onward to the Tome of Boy's Wife. <laughs> I, I, like I can see maybe a young girl mm-hmm. doing something like this. Like, am I ever going to get married? You know, because we all have the stupid things that we did that we heard fortune telling. Like, there's there's tales of twisting the stem off an apple. How many times? And that's the letter of your future husband's name or whatever. Or there's actually a ton of stuff with apples, like mm-hmm. carving a piece off an apple, and the letter that it looks like is the letter of his name, or whatever. It's like they're, stupid things. Because they're twelve cents a bag, <laughs> or something like. That. Or, or I know there's ones with mirrors, like you turn around a certain number of times. I don't even know, but there's many things. Like a young girl wants to know what her future holds, right? Sure. And in this time period, that's what your future holds is getting married. Mm-hmm. So that is literally the most important thing that's going to happen in your life because it determines what the rest of your life is like. Yeah. Right. So I can see maybe that being a thing that you would want to ask, but I also don't think that you should be holding a benevolent spirits child hostage. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Got to walk the fine line somewhere in the middle. Yeah. So um, that's basically what we've got for the Domo boys potential wife yeah. like we said we don't know sometimes she's out there sometimes she yeah. she's not how do you feel about the mrs claus thing now but a little bit uh she does now she doesn't specifically aid him in his tasks the she dome, just does other stuff yeah the domo boy's got his set of things however some of it like when domo boy is solo some mm-hmm. of it like he does all of it so yeah. and maybe that I, I don't know that that, that just kind of plays a little bit into for for young women, they saw their only real time of, of value when they were young and about to get married. Mm-hmm. And really, uh, all to all you women out there, your value is through your whole life. The maiden, the mother, the crone. Yeah. We all have something to offer. Absolutely. It echoes gender roles mm-hmm. from that time period, too. And yeah. we're not going to go too into that because it's it's pretty obvious what they were, right? You know, mm-hmm. I mean... The domain of the woman was the home and the chores, and the domain of the man was like the farmstead and the animals and the crops, and that's basically what it was. And it made a lot of sense because that's how you survived, right? Yeah. You divvied up duties. Men were probably physically stronger, at least in some aspects. So they did the harder work, and the women did the menial work inside, and I don't know. Very, very typical gender roles mm-hmm. um, that it, that existed for a very long time. So, like we said, equality in all things, but it made sense for the lives that they lived. Indeed. So, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> so, let's talk about the origins of Slavic spirits and creatures. Oh, let's. It's pretty interesting, actually. Sounds pretty cool. So, apparently, the spirits rebelled and fell to earth... So either they were kicked out by the archangel Michael uh-huh. or by the god Svarog. Svarog. Svarog? So, okay. I'm not super great with those names, uh, but it's spelled S-V-A-R-O-G. Svarog. Hmm. Google search coming up empty <laughs> in my own brain. In your brain. Yep. I mean, like the main Slavic god that we all know is like Chernabog. By motherfucking Chernabog. Yeah, and he's a badass. He's a badass. Yeah. Now, don't you cross that Chernabog. Yeah, I mean, you want to know more, <laughs> go watch American Gods or read the book. He'll tell you everything there is to know. 
Or I think Chernabog is in Fantasia too. Actually. He sure is. Yeah. I have so. his pin collected <laughs> from Disneyland. Um, I think Sprog is, Oh, I said, I think that's how you say it. Um, I think that he is, he's like the God of like fire or something. Cool. I didn't look too much into it, but basically he was there. And during the creation of the world, He's the one that kicked them to earth. What? You weren't there? It was pretty cool. I wasn't there. You well, maybe that. I was and I don't remember it. I don't know. We can go into reincarnation at a later time. Some different time. Nevertheless, <laughs> Svarog. So, so either he or Archangel Michael kicked him out of heaven or kicked him out of creation or uh-huh. whatever. Thrust them down to earth, essentially. The spirits that fell into human homes were domovoys. And they became benevolent to their hosts. And those that fell other places, like outside but around the home, were spirits like the Dovaroy, which did yard work. The mm-hmm. Bannock, which his domain was the bathhouse. And he's he's a dick. We he, might talk about him in another really? time. But he's pretty he's pretty malicious. Anyone whose domain is the bathhouse. Uh, I, it's a scary place, actually. Oh, psha. Like, it shouldn't be. It should be amazing. But and like a sauna, right? But uh, yeah, he he was a little bit creepy. Not gonna lie. Okay, we'll go, we'll go into another time. We'll I do, look forward to it. We'll do creature reacher on the bannock at some point. Um, the ovenic, which was the threshing barn, mm-hmm. the chlevnik, which was like the cowshed barn. Um, they all like to guard the homestead, but they're very wary of humans. Mm-hmm. Um. And actually, in some regions, they considered these spirits subordinate to the Domovoi. So, like, he was kind of their leader, and he held domain over the whole homestead. Mm-hmm. But he was specifically in the home itself. Not so, unlike the 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 head servant in a household delegating exactly. duties yeah, to others. Yeah, exactly, okay. yeah. So, it was kind of like that. But I think that that was more that he had more interaction with people than these other spirits did. Okay. Right. So it made a lot of sense that they considered him their leader, essentially. Right? Yeah. Um, and then in some other aspects, the Domovoi took care of literally everything. And those other spirits weren't there. So it just, it depended on the region. Okay. And the area. But the the spirits that fell into the wild places, um, like the forest or lakes or rivers, that kind of thing, were generally actually malevolent. So these were creatures like the Polovic, the Lovlashi, the Vodanoi, or the Rusalka. Ah, the Rusalka. Yes. That dude owes me money. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like I said, they were generally malevolent. Uh And you just kind of went out of your way to to stay away from them. Just, yeah, yeah, general rule of thumb, don't piss off the things around you. Okay. Well, especially the stuff that lives in the wild. Sure. Like, as a Slavic peasant, you're going to know, stay away from that shit. Yeah. It's dangerous it's and dangerous. unpredictable. And the, you, the goal is to see tomorrow. That's what the goal exactly. is. So. You want to live through this day. <laughs> Don't go messing with forest or lake spirits. Yeah. Right. And we'll probably talk about some of those other spirits and creatures that we mentioned. So we're not going to dive any deeper into those today. We'll put a pin in that for, na- for now. Pin in that. If you have a specific one you want us to talk about, let us know. We'll oh, yeah. If you want to jump the line, let, let us know. If there's <laughs> something we, you just got And here, we might not let you, but you, we'll see. <laughs> you want that hot, leshy action? You let us know. <laughs> oh, that's so disturbing. <laughs> um, I mean, we, we are actually going to 
try to cycle throughout the world a little bit. Oh yeah, we're trying to give everybody mm-hmm. a chance and really to yeah, we want to do some exploration, not so exactly. much exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's lesser known from all around the world. I know the Domovoy isn't necessarily lesser known per mm-hmm. se, but I mean, you ask a random person on the street, they probably wouldn't know what the Domovoy was, right? Yes. But like, yeah, we have some great stuff coming up. Like we even have a creature from Antarctica. We have something from a little something from everywhere. And we want that to be what we continue doing mm. for sure. Cause that's important. You know, I like, I like, Everywhere being represented in some way. Exactly. I think it's the most fair and the most interesting, yeah. honestly. So, okay, moving on. Christianity. I know we've been talking about this kind of throughout the whole episode. Um, but as, as we said at the beginning, Christians were generally the ones to write down these tales. Exactly. They roll in, we exchange one pointy hat for another, and uh, <laughs> we write some shit down. <laughs> Precisely. That, that's all um, you need to know. So, and they were writing them down as they moved more and more into Slavic countries. Mm-hmm. So, remember that these these tales were oral traditions, and people just kind of knew them, right? So, for these Christian missionaries or whatever to come spread the word, and they started writing down all the stuff is there, which is highly valuable. And I think it's fantastic that they did write it down. Mm-hmm. But of course, by this time, Christianity is creeping its fingers into the the core of Slavic folklore yeah, it's, and folk religion. It's all up on. So sure. what we have written down are a lot of accounts of people at that time. So elements of Christianity had already started trickling into the stories that we had written down Mm -hmm. right so a lot of the old old stuff that we know is less there if that makes sense yeah yeah so but but reverence for like mother earth and kind of faith in the existence of creatures like the domovoi were some of the longest lasting aspects of slavic paganism especially in the rural areas where it didn't spread as quickly christianity didn't spread as quickly right Mm -hmm. um the beliefs or the slavic folk belief didn't really start waning until about the early 1900s. Um, and in the late 1800s, he was actually still considered benevolent, but he began to start taking on traits typical to like the Christian devil imagery. Like we talked about yeah. the tiny, tiny horns and a tail and that sort of thing. Um, and actually the biggest shift we saw was that some peasants started believing that dead sinners were the ones that would become house spirits. So they were cursed. They were cursed by God for a specific period of time, mm-hmm. and eventually, people started using the traditional house blessings as less of appeasing the domovoi and more towards protection from his, his snares, protection from the stuff he might do. Right? Which I mean, that's honestly kind of just a shift in perspective, I guess. Yeah. Thinking he's a little bit more evil, but they were doing exactly the same stuff as they were doing before. Mm-hmm. But they still they still generally viewed him as benevolent. And apparently he was actually deeply insulted by being referred to as a devil, which I understand. Yeah. Um, but, but his basic core image of being favorably disposed toward his family and guarding the household was there, but slightly contaminated. For sure, yeah. yeah. It's this idea that it's suddenly, it goes against 
what we say you should do. Exactly. And this idea of him becoming a devil, a demon, this small kind of mischievous spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what he was. He was somebody that... He cared. Yeah, he was. He, 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 I really like this idea that uh, he's part of your family. He's part of your family. Yeah, the part of you that is the family person, outside of uh, as a man who you know. He's kind of like way he, back in eighth century. Yeah, Slovenia. You have you 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 fight. You farm. You do all. You hunt. You do all of these things to keep your family alive. But the part of you that cares about your family that lives on. Exactly. He and I really he's the like heart that. of the family. Yeah. And, and I think that's why he stayed in the minds and the hearts of, of the Slavs for such a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard to think poorly of something that, that meant the most to you. You know, he, he was the core and the heart of what it meant to be a family unit. The stuff that got you through each hard day. Yeah. And I think that I appreciate that it stayed benevolent so long and and the fact that there are people that still believe in him today that they still believe that their homes have a dome of white i mean you'll look around and honestly you'll find um you'll find accounts of people that still believe they have a dome of white in their home yeah which which i think is really cool um i found uh when i was looking around i found a post on on the paranormal reddit Mm -hmm. the the subreddit for for like it's um r slash paranormal Oh, I got to check that out. Yeah, for sure. and and actually, I'm putting it in our show notes, the link for it. But um, they're talking about like, here's the stuff that's happening in my home. Uh, I think I have a dome avoy, and then a bunch of people chime in after with like, I had this experience, I had this experience. So it's really interesting hmm. that that it's it's still happening. But we also have some narratives um, from the the Russian folk belief book. That I talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, from pre-revolutionary Russia. So like the early 1900s, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Logan is going to read some of them for us. I'd be happy to. Accounts of the Domovoy. Let's get rolling. Um, this is from Accounts of Domovoy Narratives from Folks in Pre-Revolutionary Russian. So this is before the early 1900s. They are from the Russian Folk Belief Book. Here we go. My very own father told me the following shortly before his death. Don't stand in fear of them. However, my dear son, I shall soon die. Last night, just after I lay down, but before I fell asleep, someone came up to me. I heard his steps clearly, and suddenly he placed his cold hand to my lips and I also clearly felt the touch of the hand of the unknown person who had come in. Indeed, somewhat later, my father died from a blow. Another one is, From olden times, the household of a certain merchant observed the ancestral custom of placing a pot of kasha in the attic for the domovoy each Saturday night. This kasha was always cooked without salt. Once, on leaving the house, the merchant instructed his cook to prepare an unsalted kasha on Saturday and place it in the attic in the evening, whether the cook or was dissatisfied with her master or whether she forgot. In any case, 
she salted the kasha for the demovoi. On returning from his journey, the master didn't even manage to enter the passageway, when from which the attic, a pot of kasha, came flying at his head. Seems he threw the pot black. <laughs> and just uh, note, kasha is porridge. Yes, I could have said that. <laughs> it's okay. On to the next. On to the next one. They say that on the farmstead of Senkuvka, near the town of Kumbiansk, there lived a certain young, healthy, hard-working peasant in an old house built way back in his great-grandfather's time. And he was well off and lived in complete satisfaction, except the house was too crowded and seemed to be growing into the ground. So he bought some land and built a spacious new house on it and began to live in it, having dismantled the old one for firewood. But when moving to the new place, he didn't invite the domovoy. With the move to the homestead, the livestock began to get sick, farm management fell apart, and the master himself began to ail. And the longer he was there, the worse it got. About three years passed, and the master was continually ailing, and the farming didn't amount to anything. But in the old ash pile, which is the heap of trash and the old stove had been, there was a whining at night. They abandoned the old one, left him all alone. They wanted to live all by themselves, to drink the bitter cup. And after the peasant had heard his lamentation, yearning came upon him, and he took to thinking differently. He turned for advice to his people, who knew about these matters, and they advised him to take bread and salt, to go at night to the old ash heap and beg his domovoy to come and live with him in the new house. The peasant followed the advice given to him, and after... A little time, he himself started to recover, and the farming was set in good order. Yeah, right, those so, are interesting. Yeah, so if if he likes things a certain way, try to keep them that way. No salt for the domo domovoy. Don't mess with you, what you know works. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get a pot thrown at your if head. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> um, so so I think those were just kind of interesting glimpses sure. into into these um into people's actual perspectives of the domovoy because we we can sit here all day long and just tell you stuff about him but it's interesting to see how anthropologists and folklorists have have pulled information out of out of stories like these because that's how we know about these creatures, right? Yes. Are from tales such as these. And you can you can definitely see in them some of the elements that, that we spoke about earlier. You know, he's very particular in his likes. You want to keep him appeased. Otherwise, you know, you move without him, right? Like, stuff's going to go poorly for you. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So I, I think that, that it's nice to see some of these stories that, that the tales of the Dumbledore came from. And and it's really interesting to see these these firsthand accounts. I mean, it's it's very much like how we would look at history. To have a a first source is so much valuable than a third party source. 
um, someone who has seen the story and reports it directly. That is really, really valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to the paranormal, yes. boy, we have to come at it with a bit of patience and a bit of an open mind. Mm-hmm. But when he says, things were bad, I did this. Things where, got better. <laughs> yeah. That have no causation to my own health, to my own farm. And I mean, causation doesn't necessarily mean correlation. Yeah. But it could. Yeah. Ice cream cones may or may not cause drowning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It makes everyone go to the beach. <laughs> That's actually a, a great example of that. Indeed. Definitely. So the Domovoy may not be there. He may not exist. He may not be the reason for these things happening. But maybe he is. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, we don't know for sure. They don't know for sure. If mm-hmm. it makes sense and the things you're doing are working, keep on doing those things. Right? Yeah. So, um, that's what we have for you today on the Domovoy. Did you want to talk about him anymore? Well, Any aspects that you'd like to discuss I, further? I just really like that this has a personal nature to it. That mm-hmm. it is tied to the family. The that home, it is yeah. tied to... Um, the duties of the household, that, uh-huh. that is something that is we haven't yet hit. Yeah. Uh, but we do both know from our background in, in stories and folklore that there's a lot more that ties into this. But let's let this be the kind of front runner in, in these stories that are tied specifically to a family. Mm-hmm. Um, that really, uh, yes, of course, these stories get carried forth. But as outsiders, we can't possibly understand them because we never knew the grandfather that did this particular thing that left their pipe in a certain place. Yeah. And maybe that kept happening and they knew it was him or like salt in their porridge and all of these little things. Or they saw his apparition and thought it was the Domovoy or whatever. Right. There's lots of things it could have been. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. And, and there's actually a lot of creatures throughout the world that are, that are similar to this, mm-hmm. um, there are household creatures that are benevolent, that they're there to help you and make things easier, which at the same time, I'm kind of like, or was somebody just doing all the hard work that you barely noticed? <laughs> but, you know, mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Uh, one, of, one of the main creatures that's that's constantly compared to the Domovoy is the English brownie. Mm. Um, and they're kind of, they're very similar in looks and attributes um, but basically, they're another household spirit that does things like help with chores and stuff. So, if you're interested in this, maybe the brownie is another thing to check out. The brownie b- might be something you're actually more familiar with, and the Domovoy less so, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. They're not mutually exclusive. No, but they're very similar. Yeah, you can still keep peace with the house spirit if you wish to enjoy the benefits of the magical brownie. No, just we're talking about a different kind of brownie. Different aren't brownie. We? <laughs> different brownie. <laughs> yeah, this one's more of a goblin a spirit type. A goblin spirit type. <laughs> no, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, that it's kind of a bit of a mix and match. Yeah. Cool. I kind of like how we talked about alignment. Yeah. With the Grutzling. And mm-hmm. I kind of want to keep doing that. Okay. What do you think? Should I, we should we be talking about what yeah, alignment yeah. we think this creature is? Well, with the with the because who doesn't want to use creatures for their D anD D campaign? Yeah, with like the note that not everything fits neatly into little boxes and categories. Uh, of course. But yeah. yeah, sure, we can run that exercise. You um, make up whatever we want. Sure. Right? So the Domovoy, I would put it as 
I'm kind of thinking lawful good. Lawful good, maybe. Between lawful good and neutral good. Mm, it does kind of no, make no, up no. its own rules. Maybe lawful neutral. Because mm. it has its own, it, it abides by its own laws, right? Sure, but it doesn't ever really work toward designs of okay, destruction. Okay. I know or, my decision. Yeah? My decision is neutral good. I can, I'll agree with you on neutral good. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it leans towards being helpful. Yeah, yeah. It, but, I mean, if, if you're not, if it's neutral, it's going to go with whatever it thinks is Yeah, its is natural right. state is to move yeah. things forward. It's not to make things adhere to a certain set of rules. It's also not to make things as chaotic as possible. It's just whatever it believes is the correct thing. Yeah, I think right? with, uh, I think I was getting there after some drunken humming and hawing. <laughs> In about 40 minutes, I would have gotten there after mentioning Godzilla at least three times. So <laughs> Godzilla, we're there. Godzilla, Godzilla, Godzilla. <laughs> Done. We got this. No, I, yeah, I think, um, I think neutral good. Cool. I think. And he wouldn't really be someone you would maybe fight at all. He'd be more of like a character you met yeah you would encounter you would the either help boy. him or he would help you or whatever yeah so maybe add him to your next campaign i don't For know sure yeah work a doma boy in there one of the de- one of these days we need to start our own campaign oh yes please yes i think that'd be fun okay i think that we've tangented enough Indeed. tangented tangent i don't know tangented did enough so let's tell you where you can find us Yes. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Folklore on the Rocks. You can find us at Twitter at Folklore Rocks. <laughs> um, there's pictures, there's notes, there's sources like we've talked about numerous times on our website, FolkloreOnTheRocks.com. Um, we also do have a Patreon. And so you can donate to that and get some cool benefits. We'll start, we're going to start posting some cool stuff on there pretty soon here. Mm-hmm. Um but there are already benefits in place, like uh, decals, stickers. Um, the higher tiers have a random creature that you potentially will get 3D printed for you. It'll be and freaking sent. sweet. Yeah, Logan's Logan's in charge of that, so we'll see what cool things he comes up with. Oh yeah, I've got I, I've got good ideas for the Domo Boy. <laughs> It'll be funny. Um, and then, like we we also have a, a Patreon button on our website if you don't want to be a monthly donor, but you still want to help out. Um, anything you can give is appreciated. It immediately goes to equipment and editing costs. Um, and that helps us out immensely so that we can keep doing this because we want to. Um, we will have a merch shop coming soon. And with Patreon tiers, you do get uh, coupons for that. We also ask that if you, if you have any personal stories about a creature, a monster, a cryptid, even if you have no idea what it was, email them to us. Um, our address for that is stories at folkloreontherocks.com. And we want to do a listener's episode. Yes, please. We know that uh, technology pervades our whole world and it's mm-hmm. not, it, it picks or it didn't happen, but we do understand that it's still possible to see some weird stuff out there. Yeah. Maybe you can't explain it. Maybe you want to reach out to other people and see if they saw something similar and, and it's just a little creepy and it's just a little cool. And and we want to share that with you. And um, so send them in if you've got them. Uh, we also ask if you feel so inclined to please rate us and leave a review on iTunes. 
Um, actually, we're doing something special with that right now. If you leave us a review on iTunes and you screenshot it and email it to us at mail at folkloreontherocks.com, we will send you out some stickers. Oh, cool. But make, sure, pack. make sure you include your address with your screenshot. Put them on your trapper keeper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Logan, people don't have those anymore. What? <laughs> Maybe your laptop. Oh, yeah. Or a water bottle or do something. Do that. But they are cool stickers. Um, so if you do that, that, that would be cool. You'll get some, you'll get some swag out of that. Um, again, that email is mail at folkloreontherocks.com. And once we get to 100 reviews, we're going to do a bonus episode. So not just an ad- like our normal episodes, but an additional one. So that will be with a listener-selected creature. So we'll do some sort of poll for that. If you have suggestions, email those to us as well. Um, and, and just tell your friends. Word of mouth is fantastic marketing for us. I know I've listened to many podcasts because a friend recommended it and found some amazing stuff out there so hopefully you can help do that for us and we'd really appreciate anything you do in that regard yeah thank you for listening yeah thank you so much see you next sunday oh we hope to see you right here grab another drink and we'll do this whole thing all over again with something fresh for you yes we will all right thank you